Hello and welcome to the Sick Podcast, Giant Central. Sickest New York Giants on the podcast on the planet. Y'all already know that, though. I'm your host, Desmond Novak. Welcome to episode 14. Coming off a heartbreaking loss to the Buffalo Bills. Probably going to be a pretty long episode. It is, Sammy. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to the Sick Podcast. Giant Central. Incomplete, and the ball game's over, and the Giants have won Super Bowl 46. The sickest New York Giants podcast. It's going to be sick. All right, you already know the NFL season's going strong, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking y'all up with an even sicker deal. Bet just 5 bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets. Baby DraftKings ain't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweeter offer every game day this October. Get in on the game day greatness, ladies and gentlemen. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code 6sports. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet just five smackaroos on the NFL. That's code 6sports, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www1800 gambler.net if you're in new york call 8778 hope and why or text hope and why let's get right into it ladies and gentlemen giants bills what i thought y'all know if you watch the last episode i thought that it was going to be an absolute shit show uh going into this week bills coming off a tough loss to the jaguars now they're going to be way more aggressive on offense and they weren't either that or the giants defense is just that good who knows um offensively though for the giants a good but bad game. In a weird way, they did better than I thought they would, but at the same time, an incredibly disappointing game in which the Bills just gave the Giants chance after chance after chance to put points on the board, and they just didn't. I will say, though, Tyrod Taylor, I said last week, I was very excited for him this game, looked great. He had awareness and movement in the pocket that we haven't seen from Daniel Jones, took a lot of deep shots that we also haven't seen from Daniel Jones. He finished a game 24-36 for 200 yards alongside 5 for 24 on the ground. He did miss a couple of easy throws during the game, but then again, so was Daniel Jones all season. He had a near-perfect drive to end the game. Obviously, the end of the drive didn't pan out as we all hoped it would, but again, had so many good moments this game. A lot of stuff that we haven't seen from Daniel Jones all season long. The offense did have a lot of bad moments, but overall, there were a lot of times where it looks smoother than it has been all season long, and I do think a good reason for that is Tyron Taylor, and I'm not saying that he's necessarily better than Daniel Jones, but I think that there's no doubt in me or my mind or anyone else's mind that he does things better than Daniel Jones, and Daniel Jones does things better than Tyron Taylor, obviously. Something that really surprised me this game is how... I won't say good. I'll say solid. The offensive line look, I mean, for God's sake, Justin Pugh started this week. He was signed not even two weeks ago. He looked great at left guard to start the game. But after Josh Zudu went out with a toe injury, he was shifted to left tackle, had a bit of a learning curve. Obviously, I think he only has like 130 something snaps at left tackle in his career. Hasn't played the position in a long time has been guard. Really? I feel like the last four or five years now, he was a guard primarily a guard his last like two years in the Giants was a guard every year he was on the Cardinals but once he adjusted he looked great he had moments where like you could tell he wasn't used to that initial first step off the line and had to play catch up a couple of possessions but after that wah chef's kiss you know coming off the the couch as he said during his player introduction which is just hilarious looked good 
Mark Lewinsky had by far his best game of the season. You can make an argument as best of his Giants career, allowed only one pressure, made some really nice plays in the run, which is kind of what he was doing last season, which you could make the excuse for his awfulness as a pass protector because at the end of the day he's a great run blocker i won't say great he's a good to fine run blocker but it's good enough to where you can kind of make up for his uh lack of talent as a pass protector looked all around good this game ben bredesen who's been playing center for the giants since john michael schmitz went out had looked fine at center not too many like really good or really bad plays for him just overall really consistent which i like to see because ben bredesen is one of my favorite guys on this team Marcus McKeithen was Marcus McKeithen. I mean, he was Marcus McKeithen. Uh, Evan Neal, by far his best game of the season, looked much improved as a pass blocker, made a lot of good plays in the run. He kind of got a BS, uh, an eligible downfield call. Tyrod lofted a 43-yard pass, I think, to Jalen High. made an incredible sideline catch. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the rule with an eligible man downfield is if a lineman is not engaged with a blocker or a defender, that's that's the call. You make the call there. But Evan Neal was engaged in a double-team block on, I believe, Jordan Phillips. So I really, really don't get why they called him for that. It, I mean, it, I, don't, I, I don't know if the Giants would have ended up scoring or anything on that drive, but it's still just a, a big old kick in the dick that it was called. Uh, Wandale Robinson looked great. Eight catches for 62 yards. Didn't make it any crazy open field plays, but he didn't need to because he is just continuing to prove that he's a consistent weapon for the Giants, which is what they really need. They have their big play guys and Hyatt and Darius Slayton every now and then. They just need that consistent guy, whether it be in the slot or the outside. And Wandale Robinson has been that for them. Darius Slayton finally had himself a good game on offense, four catches for 69 yards. Nice. Again, good to see him in the offense and more praise for Tyrod Taylor for finally getting someone like Slayton cooking. I I haven't even really heard Slayton's name really with Daniel Jones in, and I don't want this to turn into a Daniel Jones slander episode because it's not, but at the end of the day, Tyrod looked really good. Um, Saquon Barkley, first game back from injury, looked really slow to start off, not entirely his fault. Offensive line gave him no time to run, but cracked off some really big time runs in the second half, finished a game with 24 carries for 93 yards on the ground. Not bad. I think that's like 4.4 yards per carry off the top of my dome somewhere in that ballpark. Um, it's it just, it's tough for a guy like Saquon to come back off of a ankle sprain against this offensive line against that bill's defense. And he did fine. Didn't really do much in the first half, but you don't have to when you play that well in the second half. Very questionable play calling throughout the game. I didn't think it was terrible. I won't say it's it was bad like it has been in previous weeks, but not good. Like I remember there was like a a fourth or a third and eight play, and they ran like a screen to Wandell Robinson behind the line of scrimmage that got blown up. And in my mind, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, why? I maybe they I, it might have been they set up a field goal, but like just try to get a first down. Like, don't just give up because giving up on plays like that makes me feel like I'm like Joe judge is my head coach again, like running a quarterback sneak on third and nine, you know, but again, it could have been worse. Uh, I'm going to go over here. <laughs> the last play of the game, which is, Ooh, man, that play really upset me. I'm going to be completely honest here. I'm going to pull it up momentarily. Now, Mike Kafka's had his good and bad moments as a play caller. Don't get me wrong. He's had great moments like uh, the Daniel Bellinger end around toss against the Packers last season. 
uh, the play call to go for it, to go for two against the Titans last season as well to win the game. Dable comes up with the decisions on what they do. Kafka makes the plays, has made some incredible play calls for the Giants in his year and a half at this point, but he's also had some really bad moments, such as this play right here, which I'm going to pull up where, so a lot of people expected the Giants to run. Obviously, personally, for me, if I was a head coach of the New York Giants, if I was Mike Kafka, I'd make the simple play and run the damn ball. I mean, Saquon Barkley is your guy. You draft him second overall for a reason. They did not. This is also coming off of a defensive pass interference on Darren Waller, which got them in this position. No time down. And I really am kind of struggling to understand this play call. So I'm going to try and take in slow motion. Tyrod gets the ball, gets a snap. And like, just look at this little jarble right here of players. Now, Bellinger and Slayton are kind of running like, I guess, screen routes for to get Waller open over the middle. And it does work. He does get a good amount of separation. But the way the way I'm looking at this in my mind, why the hell are you essentially only running one route? You have Isaiah Hodgins over here who does break off to the left. He didn't really get much space. But look at how Tyrod clearly has no time here. So what are you expecting Tyrod to do? And as you, as we all know what happened, Tyrod had to kind of panic, throw up a pass. Pat, there was defensive pass interference. I'm not going to say that there wasn't. It, it was very clear that you can even see it right here that his jersey is being tugged by Teron Johnson. Very, very bad. No call from the referees. But at the end of the day, when you have two routes, Period. That is it. Those are the only players able to catch the ball. And one isn't even going to be in your quarterback's point of view because of how fast he has to get the ball. So you essentially only have one guy running a, a route that can get the ball thrown to him. What do you expect the defense to do? Sure, running play action there, it's going to make the defense freeze up a bit. But if one player, because you only have that one guy running around, if one singular player picks up on it, like Teron Johnson did, whether he held or not, he picked up on it and did make the initial good play of recovering it. Holding is a bad play, but the initial play to get on Waller is a is just great from him. And it just shut down the entire play. Call you talk about holding all you want. Ball game. So I really don't get what they were doing on that. I just Mike Kafka again, a really questionable play call. I'm not happy with it at all. If you know me, I know I have some friends and family who watch this. I seldom do I really get like angry at a football game because like I'm a grown man I'm in college I have other things to be worrying about with my life so like I'm not gonna let a football game affect my mood that game pissed me off <laughs> that game had me really angry because it's so annoying to like come into this week I'm like they're not there's no way they're gonna win this they surprise me they come in they're up 6-0 they have they have their first lead in regulation of the entire fucking season which is just depressing so like i have hope and the bills are just playing terribly josh allen's turning the ball over uh i think it was gabe davis fumbles turns the ball over we force our fifth turnover in two weeks after getting none th through the first five games and the offense can just continues to not capitalize off of it to the point where it's like what the fuck, man? Like how often like how much longer do I have to watch this? This this garbage product on offense. They put all this money, this draft capital, all of this stuff into the offense. And I get there are a lot of injuries. Obviously, there's no Andrew Thomas, there's no Daniel Jones, Saquon's coming back for the first time since like week one or two. And it's just dog shit every week. 
to the point where like I feel bad for the defense, man. Imagine holding this Bills offense to 14 points. You hold them scoreless the entire first half just to lose the game because the offense is incompetent. And the best part about this final play is that the Giants wouldn't be in this situation if they didn't have horrible clock management at the end of the first half. Now, I'm not going to blame any coaches on this because Tyrod said that he messed up. Dable said Tyrod messed up where uh, like five seconds left on the clock. Uh, clock's not running. The Giants run. I don't know. I can't remember the, the, if the clock was running. The Giants run the ball basically with like five seconds left, which is like if your plan is to score, okay. But they didn't, and Saquon got stuffed at the one-yard line, and then they had no timeouts. They couldn't get the ball snapped. Done. They go into the, they go into the half up 6 nothing instead of what could have been, I'm not doing the math, but up a touchdown or up nine points. So, like, like seriously? Like, that's how we're going to lose because we can't manage a fucking clock? Like, come on, man. It's, it's, it's a simple shit. It's a simple stuff that really the Giants have failed to do, and it's so frustrating to just – just be in a close game with a team the Giants shouldn't be close against and then throw it all away because of the offense, which kind of leads me to my next point of I don't there's not many updates on Daniel Jones right now and whether or not he's going to be playing next week against, I believe, the commanders. But if say Todd Daniel Jones is healthy, he's good to go this week. Tell me in the comments below if you would rather have Tyrod or Daniel Jones. Dable came out, said there's no question that Daniel Jones will start, which I somewhat understand. But, like, I want to know what the fans think. I don't know if the fans are in the same boat as me. Because me personally, after watching the third and fourth quarter out of Tyrod against the Dolphins and then this game against the Bills, I'm not going to say I have more confidence in him, period. But I have more confidence in him to win games like the Bills. Like, going into that game, I don't remember if I said it on last episode, but I was talking to my friends. I got together with a bunch of people to watch this game. I don't know why. And I was saying, like, I don't know if I trust Tyrod to make, like, the safe throw every time, but I trust him to make more, like, fuck it, he's down there somewhere throws, which is what he did. And he made a lot of big-time throws that got the Giants in positions they would not have been had Daniel Jones been in. I love Daniel Jones. He's my guy at quarterback. He has been way too conservative on offense to the point where it's killing the Giants entirely. Like, hit, you know, five-yard hitch routes are cool, but every now and then you need to throw that deep ball, and that's what Tyrod was doing. Did it work every time? No, but it worked enough to where the Giants got in positions they would not have been if they didn't. And that's why I'm honestly... I'm not Brian Dable, and I'm probably going to be proven wrong. Uh, but I would start Tyrod Taylor if Daniel Jones is healthy. Um, if he's not healthy, then obviously Tyrod's going to start again. And, and then at that point, to me, if Tyrod, if it's a say Daniel Jones is out two weeks in a row, Bills Commanders, Tyrod comes out, plays a close game against the Bills, gets them within a play or two of winning, and then goes out, beats the Commanders, plays well again. How can you go out and start Daniel Jones with the start that this offense has had to the season? How can you go out and start Daniel Jones after that? And I'm kind of scared that Brian Dable will, cause he's going to have that mindset of, Oh, we paid this guy $40 million. So we kind of have to start him. I hope that's not the case. I think it will be, but in the back of my mind, I'm going to be remembering that as the week goes on, hopefully for the sake of Daniel Jones, he can play this week. But again, if not expect more Tyrod, expect more big time plays. We'll see. Before I move on to the defense, I want to talk about Justin Pugh. I just want to give him a big shout out because imagine being in his in his position where you're sitting on the couch. He has like a podcast now. 
Like that's what he had nothing to do to start seasons. He starts a podcast and you get a call from the giants. They work you out. You, they sign you to the practice squad. And I think it was, I think I did the math during the game. 12 days later, you are starting on Sunday night football against the bills. Almost a whole calendar year since your last game. Cause he tore his ACL last season against the car with, with the Cardinals. And then not only do you have to start, but you have to start at left guard and then move to left tackle, a position you have not played in years, a position you have not played often. And again, in your first game in over a year. And not only do you do that, you play pretty damn well. Again, it took him a while to get used to that, you know, that initial jump off the line. He had a couple, he had, I know for a fact, one false start might've had two, had a couple of plays where he got beat off the edge because again, not used to that initial first step. But once he got that down, he was like a soap brick wall out there. Like they weren't getting around him. He played great, which is just like goes to show the shit quality of the Giants offensive line where Josh Zudu is getting, you know, tossed around every play. And then Justin Pugh comes off the couch for the first time in a year and looks better than him. And this is no, you know, no hate to Josh Zudu. I love the kid. His poor play has been affecting him mentally. You can see it in the locker room. It's very unfortunate. And I don't, I'm not happy about his injury, but it just goes to show like, Man, these dudes suck that we just signed a dude off the couch and he's already like looks like the best guy on the field. Like that's pretty sad. But I don't want to talk about the offense anymore. I don't want to get depressed. We're going to talk about something that was really good from this game, that being the defense. Held the Bills to 14 goddamn points, which is ridiculous. And honestly, if they had some better personnel on the field at the time, they very easily could have held the Bills to 7 points. But it didn't happen. I will get into that a little later. Right now, I want to talk about Bobby Okereke. I've been watching the Giants for 20 years. Obviously, I've seen some great linebackers, Antonio Pierce, all that. But in the last 10 years, the Giants have really struggled to find like a consistent linebacker, a good linebacker. Like Gone are the days of Tay Crowder because now we have Bobby Okereke, who in the this season alone has already looked like the best Giants linebacker I've honestly in the last 10 years I've seen. Had 11 tackles, two of them for a loss, forced a fumble, passed deflection that led to his interception, which that means that he's now up to four forced turnovers in two weeks. He had the tipped, he had the tip pass against the Dolphins that led to a pick, tip pass against the Bills that led to a pick, two forced fumbles against both those teams. Just looks incredible, looked great in coverage too, allowed only two catches on five targets for 11 yards, two pass deflections. Again, obviously one of them being a pick and dude, He's been such a big difference maker. Like I've, I was saying all season last year, because the Giants had a really bad run defense. Imagine if they had an NFL caliber linebacker, because they were running Tay Crowder, Jalen Smith, Micah McFadden, who I'm going to get into as a look good this season, but last year was bad. Like running, I can't remember the line, the free agent linebacker resigned, but like just running dudes off the street, essentially. And now we have an established guy who has been a massive difference maker in only six games. It took him some time to, you know, catch on. He, he wasn't incredible his first couple of games, but now he's used to the defense. He's used to the guys around him and he's looked great. Something I did mention that notice this game and uh, something I was saying during the game, Dore Jackson, he did not look good. He has not looked good in two weeks. And it's to the point where I can't watch a difference between him and Deontay Banks and move forward being like, yeah, Dore should be our, our CB1. Uh, this game, he allowed four receptions on four targets for 63 yards. And in the last two games, he's given up eight receptions on eight targets, 100% completion percentage for 109 yards in his last, again, in his last two games, got cooked by Stefan Diggs consistently. And then you look at, again, Deontay Banks allowed zero receptions, again, obviously for zero yards for three targets. 
So I'm looking at that and I'm like, why is he not? Why why is he not on Stefan Diggs more? Sure, he probably would have allowed more yards if he were on Stefan Diggs, but I have way more confidence in him at this point than Adore. Adore is cool. He has moments where he looks great, but he has moments where he looks bad. And it's to the point where I said it last week, if the Giants become sellers at the deadline, I'm looking to move on from Adore. You have you have Deontay Banks, you have Cordell Flott, you have a couple of other young guys that can fill in, especially if they're coming sellers. They're not trying to win games at the point, so who cares? You can draft someone next year. And you have a lot of unproven guys. Aaron Robinson, where the hell has he been? And I'm not saying he's great, but like he looked promising during his rookie season. Obviously, he's dealt with a lot of injuries, but like if he's healthy, why not give him a chance? You know? But someone who the Giants should stop giving chances to, and someone I was hilariously wrong about is Dane Belton. I was saying a lot, and if you read any of my articles for GMNHQ, I was a big believer in Dane Belton, at least in his abilities and coverage. I knew he wasn't going to develop into a good run guy in his second year. But again, I was saying this guy next to another elite coverage guy like Xavier McKinney would be just in the modern NFL perfection. He has been so dog shit in coverage, man. And he hasn't really given been given many opportunities in the last two weeks. His snaps have increased. And he's just looked, again, terrible. Like, I re- just watching the fucking play where he got cooked by Quentin fucking Morris. Who Who is Quentin Morris, man? Who is that? And it's always a joke between, like, my dad and I that, you know, it's always, like, some random-ass dude that cooks the Giants every week. Quentin Morris is a UDFA at a bowling fucking green who has not received a target all season long. And his first target cooks Dane Belton on a double move, easy 15-yard touchdown. I mean, you can't make this up, man. And it's just Dane Belton, again, was seen as a very good coverage guy coming out of, I believe, Iowa. Fifth round pick for the Giants? I'm going to guess there. I'm pretty sure I'm right. And in the last two games, he's allowed six receptions on seven targets for 73 yards and a touchdown. Not good at all. And it's like, if you're not going to be a a good run guy, he's not even, he's not even not a good run guy. He's a terrible run defender. Like he is like laughably bad as a run defender. Be a good coverage guy like you were last season. And he has been awful in that department. And it's just not good. And another play I noticed from him, he kind of got hurt on it on the Deontay Hardy touchdown. It was like a three yard, like end not an end around like a wheel route got just like ran into Jason Pinnock I don't know if that was his guy he was supposed to cover but he was definitely running to that side of the field so maybe he saw it and decided to pick up instead ran into Jason Pinnock and just let Hardy walk into the uh, end zone just not a good game from him not a good game last two weeks for him I don't really know what their options are at safety. I know they have Bobby McCain, but I don't think he's very good at this point, especially as a coverage guy. But maybe they could use another run stopper. Man, I don't know. Uh, this is another pretty quiet game from the Giants' fr- front five. Their pass rush didn't get a single sack, but I mean, that's more on Josh Allen being an elite uh, quarterback than anything else. Kayvon Thibodeau did have six pressures, which I'm not going to lie. This is a PFF snap, but like, I didn't really notice Kayvon Thibodeau much this game. I did notice Dexter Lawrence was. Not really like I'm not gonna say all over the field. He only had like I think it yeah, only had one tackle. He had three pressures though, and those three pressures are pretty noticeable. Had a big hit on Josh Allen, uh, uh Leonard Williams, another kind of really quiet game. I'm 
getting kind of tired of him and not a bad way. Leonard Williams is a great dude. Uh, in the big like scuffle that happened, he was standing up for Kayvon or both Kayvon and Dexter Lawrence, like threw a dude to the ground. He's a great guy. Great teammate. I love him. He's not worth the $30 million cap hit. And it's only for the season. Like he, he's off contract next season, but like trade him, just get rid of him. Uh, yeah, uh, there's no point of keeping them around at this point. If he's not going to be very, I'm not going to say very productive because he had a pretty good start to the season. But the last few games, he hasn't been very good. Giants are one and five, probably time to become sellers. And if they are, get them out of here. Uh, Micah McFadden, another great game. Uh, he had seven tackles, three pressures, a fumble recovery and an interception. I will say both uh, the fumble recovery and interception were a direct product of a uh, great play by uh, Okereke. But again, for the fifth round pick he was, for how much I slandered him his rookie season and early in the season, he's continued to impress me. Been a very nice surprise for the Giants. Very excited to see how he develops next to Okereke because they could be a very good duo for the Giants for a while to come. In general, great game for the defense. They made Josh Allen. They had him shit in his britches early on in the game. He couldn't do anything. Uh, overall, they've looked good. Yeah, they kind of got worked a little bit by the, uh, the Dolphins, but they forced three turnovers and were the reason again that the Giants even had a chance to win that game. That's two weeks now in which defense have kept Giants in the game. Offense hasn't shown up. Overall, heartbreaking loss should have been avoided. I mean, fuck's sake, man. Why do you have one guy running a route in the quarterback's vision in the final play of the game? Offense can't continue to look this bad regardless of who is that quarterback. They cannot do it. Like, they're not going to win these games anymore by like scoring two touchdowns or one touchdown and just locking down on defense. That's not going to work anymore. The refs did have some bad calls. I mentioned before the ineligible man downfield, Bobby Okereke had a really, really bad roughing the passer called on him. And it wasn't one like the Leonard Williams one that everyone was flipping out about against the Niners where like, it was kind of a bad call, but I get it because like he wrapped him up and did make contact with the helmet. So like, I get why that's roughing the passer. Okereke literally like, Josh Allen wound up as he went to tackle him through the ball. And then the second the ball came out, Okereke like just hit him. He didn't hit him in the head. He didn't hit him in the neck. He square chest hit, took him down, called called uh, roughing the passer. Didn't matter because the Giants would get a pick on that play, but still just a bad call. Then obviously the no call on the defensive holding, defensive pass interference, whatever you want to call that, which is obviously the one that everyone's talking about because I'm not going to blame that for the Giants' loss, but how how do you not call that? But regardless of what happens next week, a very interesting discussion between the Giants fan fan base here. It's going to be Daniel Jones or Tyrod Taylor. I've already seen them those conversations started, and we're not even a full day removed from the game. So it's going to be interesting to see how that pans out. I said before, I like Tyrod more, but... I wouldn't be upset if Daniel Jones were to start. Like, I don't really have a super strong opinion. Hopefully, though, the offensive line can play at an even decent rate like they did last night because, like, they've went from looking like the worst offensive line of the league to a passable offensive line last night. They weren't good again uh, in the run, really, except in the second half when Saquon got a couple of big runs off. They were really bad in the first half in that department. But, hey, man, they only allowed three sacks, I think, which is pretty goddamn good compared to the... 12 or 11 sacks they gave up against the fucking Seahawks two weeks ago. So let's go. Marginal improvement. Hopefully Andrew Thomas and John Michael Schmitz will be back soon, uh, which brings me into a little uh, segment I'm going to do on next week's game, which is against the Commanders. Honestly, if there's a team that you could say has a worse offensive line than the Giants, it's the Commanders. Because I think 
during the game, they were like doing a, a graphic about the Giants offensive line. They were like tied for the most sacks allowed in the league. And one of my friends like who like who could possibly have a worse line than the Giants? And I was like, it's the commanders. So like Dexter, Leonard, Kayvon, uh, Aziz is probably going on IR. So Jihad Ward, O'Shane Jimenez, I, mean, I don't know. Uh, they need to step it up big time, put the pressure on Sam Howell, make him make mistakes because he has moments where he's looked great. He's in moments where he looks awful. And hopefully they get a moment where he looks awful because the Giants need to win this game. Um, the commanders have a solid defense. Going to break it down more next episode. You know, do my usual pregame shenanigans, but they're not as good as other teams that we've looked at, like the Bills, like the I mean, even the, the Dolphins, like statistically are in a good defense. But like if you look at that unit, they're a pretty good there. That's like, that's a good defense of the Niners the Cowboys commanders aren't at that level really. But then again, the Giants have probably the worst offense in the NFL. So we're going to have to see how that pans out. That being said, they're going to wrap it up here. Thank you so much for watching. Remember to like subscribe. Let me know in the comments below your opinion on the whole Daniel Jones, Tyrod Taylor thing again, because I'm really interested to know what people think and why they might want Jones, why they might want Tyrod Taylor. That being said, thank you all so much again for watching. I'll see y'all in the next one. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast, Giant Central on YouTube, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.